Welcome back to another episode of American Football the British Way. I'm your host, British, like the people. Ooh, and I'm a little bit late this week, and I am so sorry. I was a little bit of personal information at a work conference Wednesday through Friday, and I just didn't have recording equipment with me. I was out of town. I was schmoozing different people. You know how it is when you have to do a work conference. Um, You can imagine I spent a lot of times shaking hands, kissing babies. You get the idea. (laughs) Um, I did, however, watch football on Thursday. And let me tell you how dedicated I am to this game, okay? I was in a bar Thursday night. You think bar, TVs, perfect. They'll have the game on, except, uh uh-oh, Thursdays is football on Amazon Prime, and this bar did not have any smart TVs, so they didn't have the option to turn on Amazon Prime. So one of the representatives that I was with through work um, actually let me watch the game on my phone, or on their phone, excuse me, in the bar. And that's how serious and dedicated I am, not only to watching football, but paying attention so that I can bring you the information you need. Before we get into the preview for week 11, let's talk a little bit about what happened in week 10, okay? Where are we? Remember we said that we had already passed the halfway mark, so... What happened last week? Well, speaking of Thursday night football, uh, remember I told you it was my team playing? The Chicago Bears did win a very painful-to-watch game against the Carolina Panthers at home for the Bears. And honestly, we can lose the rest of the season now. That would be perfectly fine. Uh, We can move right on along into full tank. Thank you very much. We have the Panthers pick, so we do get back our quarterback this week, but I'm just I'm just not interested in winning one to two more games and potentially taking us out of a better draft pick when let's face it most likely our quarterback Justin Fields is unfortunately not going to be the face of our organization so but yes you did have a Bears win over the Panthers and what is really nice about that is that walking into Sunday without having to think about your team playing, it actually feels good. You can take a deep breath and just enjoy watching football. Just a few games to note, you did have the Cleveland Browns have a comeback win against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, that's a big deal because they're both in the same division, so they are vying for that top spot. And honestly, the Ravens were ahead for the majority of the game. So the fact that they let them come back and win is not a good look, especially since the Browns generally haven't had a very persistent offensive scheme going. Their main quarterback was hurt part of the season, came back, played again, and is actually now going to be out for the rest of the season after this game. So that's Deshaun Watson. He's having season-ending surgery on his shoulder, which is really unfortunate because the Browns are kind of hitting their stride with defense, and now they're going to be working with a backup, and who knows exactly which backup will be the consistent one to play, but um, it's just unfortunate. It doesn't really bode well for them. We also had the San Francisco 49ers finally look like they were playing football correctly again, coming off of a three loss in a row and then their bye. They had an outstanding win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who 
I have put on fraud alert for a little while now. Um, they had a good record, but they hadn't really beaten great teams and they got whomped. Uh, they got whomped last week. So they, they're definitely going to need to do something if they're trying to prove that they should still be at the top of their division. Absolutely. You then had the Houston Texans upsetting the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Uh, and that was a game that, man, the Bengals came out swinging. They score the first touchdown. It's looking great. And then I don't know if you can even say that they fell apart, but the Texans just held it together. That rookie CJ Stroud is really proving himself in the NFL right now and just kept marching down the field. Uh, he really, we used to talk about there not being, you know, too little of time left for somebody like Patrick Mahomes to make a play happen to win the game. But CJ Stroud is trying to give him a run for his money this season. Absolutely. The bad part about this is that even though he's doing well, um, there's room for error. He's a rookie. And while the conversation, you know, went from being, oh, he's absolutely looking like he's going to be the rookie of the year. Now people are talking about potentially him being the MVP. And I just think that that is a lot to put on the shoulders of a kid walking into the NFL in his first season. I mean, he, he's doing great things, but if they don't go to the playoffs, I don't know that you can really call him the MVP. That's just my opinion. It's up for debate, obviously, but I don't know. Uh, he is playing great football and they had a comeback win against the Bengals, which leads me into week 11. <sighs> this is tough. The Thursday night game was set to be a fantastic game. And we have had a lot of Thursday night stinkers. So the fact that we were getting a good game, finally, an in-division game with two teams who had been playing well, was the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Both teams were coming off of a loss, so they absolutely had to prove themselves <sighs> and trust is my luck because the Bengals are my secondary team. Joe Burrow, their star quarterback, the quarterback, okay, biggest contract in the NFL, goes down and is now also officially out for the rest of the season. Season ending wrist injury. It's looking like he'll probably have to have surgery, but either way, he's finished. And this is coming off of him having an injury to his calf for the first few games of the season where the Bengals lost. They were finally on the trajectory back towards the Super Bowl. I mean, the two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl, they were, I believe, five and four. And, and you can fact check me on that. Maybe it was uh, a little bit better, but I'm pretty positive they were five and four before they made it to the Super Bowl. So as fans, it was not feeling great that we had this many losses, but honestly, knowing that they're a second half of the season team, you didn't feel like you were down and out, but uh, it's not looking good. I don't think they get it done with a backup quarterback. It's tough enough as it is in this league, especially in their division with everybody having winning records. And now they're going to be playing from behind. So um, that's unfortunate. They lost to the Ravens. I'm not going to lie. Uh, week 11 is looking a little bit weak for 11. Uh, there's not a lot of interesting games on the slate to really want to pay attention to. Here's a couple games that I'll be watching or or trying to follow up on the most. Uh, first off is, of course, my Chicago Bears. They are playing an in-division game at 
the Detroit Lions. As I mentioned earlier, Justin Fields, our QB1, is back from injury. He had a dislocated thumb and is slated to play on Sunday. So we'll see. I mean, he's playing for his spot. He's playing to see if he's going to continue to be the starter, if he's the answer to being the Bears quarterback long term. And if he's not, honestly, he's playing for film. He's playing to show other teams that it's worth it for him to go there and be their starter. Other important things to note about this game is it's potentially a little bit of a revenge game for the Lions running back David Montgomery. He spent his first four years in the NFL with the Chicago Bears, was drafted by the Chicago Bears, and now this is his first season on the Lions. So, I mean, he says there's no bad blood and he has nothing but love for the Bears organization, but that's just a nice thing to say. They should have signed him to a longer deal. Instead, they were banking on the back of their younger running back, Khalil Herbert, who's just coming off of IR for an injury this game. Um, And, you know, if I'm David Montgomery, I'm absolutely trying to run all over the Bears. Which, by the way, can we give the Bears a little, just just a little bit of credit? I know that they're not a great team, okay? But their defense has actually been pulling it together. Uh, they had, you know, a huge defensive signing. And there are a lot of things that's a- that are actually working well for the defense right now. So hopefully it should be at least a decent game to watch. And you know I'm going to pay attention because despite the fact that they're not great, they're mine, okay? And I'm going to keep them. <laughs> Uh, You also have Steelers at Browns, which on an average day, I would tell you, isn't that exciting because both of their offenses are just dog crap. But um, this is a divisional game. The Browns, like I mentioned before, are also playing with a backup quarterback because their starting quarterback is out. And is that, you know, half of the quarterbacks this season are just out for the season? (laughs) I mean, yeah, we talked about injuries, but Gosh, it just, this is the time of the season that they really pile up, but it's not always your number one people that you're losing. Either way, the Steelers are looking for a win in Cleveland, and if they're going to do it, they're going to have to play offense in the first three quarters of the game and not just try to pull it together in the last quarter. Because the Browns' defense is historically giving up the fewest points. So something's going to have to be done. Your 4 o'clock game, it's actually at 425, is the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Oh, and let's talk about the Bills. I didn't mention, but last week they got upset by the Denver Broncos. Okay, so they are coming off the loss from the Bengals and then the Broncos, and they're falling apart. They fired their offensive coordinator, and that's always the sign that something's not going right, you know. But they, this is a statement. You know, I I thought last week they needed to have a statement win against the Broncos, and then they lost uh, in the last few seconds for the Broncos scoring a field goal. And it just didn't look good. They didn't put, look put together at all. You know, their biggest weapon, their quarterback, Josh Allen, he made a lot of dumb mistakes. He was he was making rookie year mistakes, and this is not his rookie year. He hasn't been utilizing the thing that he does best, which is his movement. 
Hey, it seemed like he doesn't want to run the ball anymore. And I know that there was a lot of talk about, you know, keeping him safe because he was hurdling guys and that's how you end up getting hurt. But the fact of the matter is, if that is a huge part of your offense, you obviously can't stand to lose it. They had a fumble by their by James Cook, their running back on the first play of the game. They had interceptions. Like there was just a lot of mistakes being made and they're going to have to pull it together. If they let the Jets, who are being led by, unfortunately, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, if they let them come in to Buffalo and beat them, uh, the Bills can just say goodbye to their playoff hopes. I mean, right now it's not looking good anyway, but if they don't really take, you know, a big turn against this game, it's, it's done for, for sure. Finally, your night game is the Minnesota Vikings at the Denver Broncos. And as I was just talking about the Broncos, I mean, they're, (laughs) I'm not going to say they look good, but they're starting to look a little bit more put together. Their veteran quarterback, Russell Wilson, had a rough year last year, but he's actually not playing terribly this year. It looks like they're finally pulling pieces together. Now, they have some issues on third down. They have some issues with their kicking. They missed a lot you know, several kicks last week, but I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to be the cakewalk that we would have said a couple weeks ago to beat. And then you have the Minnesota Vikings who are still down their number one wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. They have a quarterback who is not their original quarterback because, oh, what, what's that? Yes. Again, he's out for the season uh, because every other quarterback is out for the season. Uh, But they do, they did bring in Josh Dobbs, who's been playing lights out. I just don't know how long it can last. I'm hoping that it goes on for a while. Uh, He's fun to watch. He's fun to root for. The people of Minnesota have been shaving off their eyebrows because Josh Josh Dobbs has, uh, I believe, alopecia. And so that's why he has no eyebrows. So the people have been shaving them off in solidarity. But either way, he really put the team on his back and has just been doing whatever it takes to try to win these last two games. And it worked. Uh, So hopefully at least watching him in primetime will be entertaining and it'll be good to see the Vikings hopefully get out a win against the Broncos. The game you really care about, though, and the game we're really here to talk about is Monday night's game. It is your Super Bowl rematch in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. So last year, the Chiefs beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. This year, we get the Eagles going into Arrowhead, that's at Kansas City, to have a little rematch. Both teams have losses. The Eagles have only lost once. The Chiefs have lost twice. And this is a game that everybody's talking about for multiple reasons. Both teams are looking to be potentially the top of their division. This is an AFC-NFC matchup, meaning One thing to understand about the schedule is these teams don't necessarily have to play each other every year. They potentially can only see each other in the Super Bowl. So the fact that we're getting them as a regular season game is huge. Um, If you weren't paying attention to football last season, uh, one of the biggest storylines about this is that you have two brothers Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey that play one on each team, Travis playing for the Chiefs, Jason playing for the Eagles, 
and they played against each other in the Super Bowl. That was huge. Well, now this is a rematch, so a brotherly love kind of game, playing against each other again. And, oh, I'm sure I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that, you know, Travis Kelsey is dating one of the biggest superstars in the world in Taylor Swift. So, of course, everybody's talking about if Taylor Swift is going to be at the game because... Taylor is a Philly girl, and she grew up as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So now everybody's saying, oh, is she going to wear a Travis jersey? Is she going to wear her Eagles gear? Is she going to wear a split jersey like their mom does? Who knows? All I know is either way, it's going to be a good game on the field to watch. Okay. What do you think about potentially getting ready to bet on football? We've talked a lot about what's happening on the field. Maybe you're feeling like you've got it and you're kind of itching to see if you can put some of that knowledge to the test. Let's talk about the basics of football betting, okay? Or betting in general. If you live in a state where it's legal, it is so easy to pick up your phone, download a betting app, and just deposit a few bucks and see if you can win something. But looking at betting is almost just as bad as watching football being played if nobody's ever told you anything about it. So I'm just going to tell you a couple of the absolute basics that you need to know about betting and when you're looking at lines and things like that. First of all, you're going to see the option of choosing the money line. So what does that mean? Well, as easy as to put it, money line is you're just picking who you think is going to win the game. It's that simple. You have two options in the teams that are going against each other. Now, you'll see odds underneath each team, okay? If the team is the favorite, then they're going to have a negative odds, meaning there will be a negative symbol in front of some numbers. If the team is the underdog, they're going to have positive odds. So, in this instance, you're expecting that Maybe this team that is favored is going to get upset. You would bet you would take the money line on the team with the positive odds. That's what's going to give you a bigger payout. Okay. Anytime you bet the positive odds and it hits, you will win more money. Another thing that you can do in football is called betting the spread. Okay. A point spread is another thing that is super popular to bet, okay? Now, in football, you can see these numbers range from something as just one point up to 13 and a half points. But what does that really mean? It means that like if you bet on a team to cover a negative spread, so the number there is negative, they have to win that game by a greater amount of points than the total. So if a team, for example, is, it shows, and I'm just making this up because I have not looked at the lines for this week yet, okay? But let's say the Chiefs were negative three. That means they're the favorites, as we talked about in the money line part, and then, and you would be betting for them to win by more than three points, Okay. On the other hand, you can also bet on a team 
to score and cover the positive odds as well. So if in this instance, a team is not the favorite and you bet on them, you're betting on them to lose by less than that number. So maybe you think like, okay, they're not necessarily going to win, but I think maybe the game will be closer than the point spread is saying it'll be, and they will be able to come closer to winning the game than the point spread allows. Another thing that's super easy to bet on, (laughs) easy meaning it's simple to understand, it is not easy to decide, okay, is the over-under. So what different sports books will do is decide a total number of points that they think the game is going to come to. And those are cumulative points between both teams. So if, for example, the over-under on a game is 44 points, You're either betting that the teams are going to score less than 44 points or more than 44 points. And sportsbooks make it super easy to understand. They will put an O next to the number of points for over and a U next to the number of points for under. Finally, prop betting is my favorite type of betting. It's what I do the most of because you're really taking winning and losing out of the equation and you're just betting on individual acts to occur. Let me explain what I mean by that. In pretty much every part of the game, they will come up with a bet that is capable of being looked at. For example, there are props on how many passing touchdowns a quarterback will score, how many rushing yards a running back will have, how many rushing yards a quarterback could have, how many receiving yards there will be. You can you can bet on who's going to score the first touchdown or just who's going to score touchdowns in a game altogether. These types of bets are obviously harder to hit on because literally anything can happen during a game. Somebody can get hurt after one quarter, and now they don't go in for the rest of the game. Or a team can get up super high and not need to kick any field goals. Or somebody, you know, maybe is just throwing lights out and you bet for them to pass for under a certain amount of yards. My suggestion to prop betting is that A, you start out (laughs) not spending a lot of money doing it. B, maybe you took it take a little look at weeks past and like what those players are typically doing game to game. But another reason that it's so important to like really be paying attention to football before you start betting props is that those props only matter or like only make sense in the position of like who is playing whom. So, for example, if you're playing a team that has a really good pass defense, okay, like they they can stop the pass very well, then betting on the other team to like have a lot of yards in the air from the quarterback might be difficult because they're probably going to have to run the ball more. D- does that make sense? Um, so it's hard to do, but it's not impossible. There's a lot of other types of betting you can do. You can bet parlays, meaning you can 
take a combination of a variety of outcomes at once. You can build parlays that are like all money lines. For example, you could take every single one o'clock game and decide who you think is going to win and put that all into one bet. And by doing that, you're building up your odds. So your payout is much bigger if it hits. The key to understanding this is it's not just one bet. It's basically a combination of bets in one single thing. And if one goes wrong, the whole bet loses. You can also do same game parlays, which is where you're picking a bunch of options of things to happen, but only within that game. So that's a lot of times where people end up mixing in a lot of props. You could pick who's going to win that game, the spread, and then you can also pick different props all in that game at once. But once again, if only one doesn't hit, you're donezo for the whole bet. I have one money betting. I am positive on bets. I didn't want to talk to you guys about betting until I felt confident in saying, hey, I have a winning record. I have won more money than I have put in. And that is accurate at this point. So if you are interested in hearing my picks for bets, maybe you want me to throw in some lines every week. Let me know in the comments. Tell me if that's something that you're interested in, and I and I might be able to integrate that. I'll make sure to get the podcast out before the Thursday night game so that I can give you my picks. Finally, let's talk about our Jeopardy football, football Jeopardy of the week. This week, your question or your statement is this. This player has the most return touchdowns in NFL history. I will give you a minute. You know how it goes. This player has the most return touchdowns in NFL history. And the answer is Devin Hester. I had to pick some Bears trivia for this week because, you know, I'm excited about my Bears. Uh, I'm feeling re reinvigorated. I'm interested to see how they decide to take the rest of the season. Truly, if they will lean into the tank or if Justin Fields is going to come out guns blazing, I'm watching at one o'clock. But yeah, Devin Hester, he had 14 punt return touchdowns, five kickoff return touchdowns, and a missed field goal return touchdown. Crazy. He's been nominated to be in the Hall of Fame a couple of times. He hasn't been put in yet. Put my man's in the Hall of Fame. He deserves it. He was the best to ever do it. He no longer plays football. He retired in 2018. And even though he played for two other teams other than the Bears, he spent the most time with the Bears and he retired a Chicago Bear. So Devin Hester, we'll be looking for you to be on the halls up there where you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That's all I have for you guys this week. Let's have a good football Sunday and Monday. Again, let me know if you're interested in hearing about my opinion on betting lines. If you have any more questions about the game, are you going to sing some Taylor Swift on Monday night when they're playing? Do you not care about that at all? Let me know your feelings. Have a good one and I'll talk to you next week.